duck calls and swaggers with a silly grin. Quack, quack. He tells again to come again tonight. We'll have fun and dance the samba, the samba, the samba. The big goose decides he'd like to come along. Quack, quack. To join the party with the song tonight. Let's have fun and join the chorus. Won't you come have some fun? Hey, this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 154, Party Foul. We're going to be talking about Party Foul, uh, Caleb and Spencer's new uh, uh, card game, or board game, depending on how you want to define it. Uh, both, both a card game I think with board, board trumps cards. Okay. Like, right. yeah. many board games include cards, and if there's a board element, it becomes I'm, a board game. So yeah. it's a board game. Okay. All right. A modular board game featuring uh, did cards. Did we mention it's on Kickstarter May 23rd, the day this episode should be posted yes. if producer Ross stays out of the fireball, <laughs> uh, yes. which we really just have to cross our fingers yep. for. Uh, but I yeah. blame you, you. You're the only one really to blame for that. Uh, Are we? Lovely. Yeah. Lovely how that wow. works. <laughs> Uh, said by alcoholics throughout the ages. <laughs> you're the reason I drink. Uh, uh, you're yeah. the one who introduced me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, we're going to be talking about the uh, the game, uh, how it got started, uh, where it's at right now, and what to expect. And then, of course, we will have some duck-themed uh, shout-outs and uh, anecdotes. And uh, But first, we have a bit of news. Uh, aside from Party Foul, please back the Kickstarter uh, please, check please, it out. Please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, be sure to watch Caleb's uh, excellent tutorial video, which incredible is how to play video. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, Apple Keynote has some uses. Yeah. Which I just <laughs> discovered. Totally. After uh, owning a Mac for no less than seven years, <laughs> we actually the, the crazy thing. I wonder what else this crazy thing could do. Yeah. We now have two videos in the span of a week when we had no videos in the two weeks leading up to the Kickstarter it, launch. It's been a rough May. For Caleb me. Caleb has really leaned into this how to play video. And then while we're here, we should probably shout out the guys from Blend Studio yes, for throwing you. together a wonderful trailer video for mm-hmm. us in literally the matter of like a day. Yes, super awesome. Thank so, you very much. You can also find that on the Kickstarter page and on the website www.partyfilethegame.com, <laughs> which will be linked to uh, on the show notes. Uh, but we also have some other news. Uh, Caleb and I are going to Origins uh, for the first time. Uh, by in uh, it starts June twelfth or thirteenth. So would you call this your Origins story? Hey, hey, uh, awesome point. Nice. Yeah, yep. yeah. We should have you. Over I love how we stop playing the game and yeah. you're still. Well, you're still collecting awesome points. You people need to reward me for my puns no. all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm, rewarding puns. I'm not sure how I feel about <laughs> that. We don't do that, that here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to be wandering the con. Uh, feel free to at me on Twitter or whatever or on the RPPR Discord. Uh, if you want to hang out, if you are there, I may run. I'll bring base raiders and kale bringing red market so i might run games uh i don't know what i'll be doing trying to interview game designers blah 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 but caleb you're actually doing things yes uh well i will most often be at the igdn booth working it i have to work for 12 hours uh six is the main booth person and six is a backup so if you want to find me statistical likelihood is <laughs> i am going to be there um but i will also be running a game of red markets from 10 to 2 on thursday the opening day of the con I'm uh, going to try the second con packet we're going to deploy at Gen Con this year. Oh, that's cool. And uh, give that a run through. Uh, and then uh, I will be running Party Foul from 2 to 4, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Damn, girl. Which is twice as long as it takes to run Party Foul. So if you didn't get a <laughs> ticket for any of those games, show up around 3 
we will or have been done point. for a while, right. yeah. and I will be just soliciting random people off the street to come play my dumb duck game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I could do that. And then I will probably be doing stuff uh, after the con, hanging out. Uh, Sarah will be there. I will probably need to eat food at some point. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have like lots it. of things like that. I have been asked uh, a couple of times how to get beer to me at Origins. Uh, for the mix six, uh, I would say this, uh, please, if you're going to give me beer, make sure it's near the end of the day <laughs> when I am heading back to my uh, Airbnb. The reason I say that is not because I'm just too lazy to lug it around. Um, I don't want to give your favorite beer a one because I lugged it around in the sun all day at yeah, a con. Right. Uh, beer needs to travel well. And also, uh, don't refrigerate it if you Please. can, because uh, the temperature fluctuations are also not good for beer. It can stay hot in the back of a truck as long as there's no sun on it. But once you refrigerate it and start getting it warm again and start re-refrigerating it, bad. that's also not great for the beer chemistry. Mm. So that has been our uh, Mix 6 beer lesson in the middle of this <laughs> RPPR episode, Honestly, promoting our foul mouth games game mm-hmm. party fact we've got some branding issues we- <laughs> yeah we, we are confused well, um so the that's Pey- the peyton versus big yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's where i'm gonna Thank be at you, spencer mm-hmm. i like that term mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh so single greatest crossover event in history <laughs> yeah <laughs> just exactly. yeah thank you you're welcome way bigger than scooby super uh scooby-doo supernatural that's one. right i think there's some other thing i don't remember don't believe that yeah mm-hmm. uh so was it thanos and Fortnite? uh yeah, that's oh yeah yeah. Why did they choose Thanos? Thanos? He hasn't been popular in a while. <laughs> Just a big 90s comeback, I guess. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Party Foul. Let's fucking um, do it. Yeah, Party Foul uh, is a very fun game. Um, hey, but where did it come from? Like, that was the, the that's sort of the, the, the real question is like, why Ducks at a party? Well, we had a couple of. Um, ideas for different games that I still want to do eventually. Right. We've been running down one game, though, for like a solid six months. Yeah. Just like kind of talking about mechanics here and there. Um, but I was going into shop at Price Cutter, and uh, we were talking about uh, our college days, and uh, we came up with, uh, I just instantly saw the layout of the house we used to party in, mm-hmm. And then I saw it like a board game, and then the mechanics just sort of came to me in a yeah. shot, and they actually haven't changed too terribly much no, since. That's then. been the crazy part. Um, so I speed texted the entire idea to Spencer. Yeah. Um, and then we decided that we'll get together later that week, get drunk, and hash it out. So uh, a couple six packs and a whiteboard later. That was May twenty sixth, May twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen. So, uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride since then. Almost a year to the day from literal sitting down at my kitchen table whiteboarding a thing, and then now on Kickstarter. And and to your point, like it really. It, look, we've been through iterations and we've tested the shit out of this thing, but like the core mechanics of the game are those that we drafted on a whiteboard, not particularly sober, a year ago. Yeah, it's it's very different for me than when I've designed an RPG, which it very much comes theme first right. and then develop a mechanic afterwards. We had the mechanics first, and yeah. we're like, we're going to develop a theme afterwards, but we realized a lot of people probably didn't want to play us right. being drunks in college. Yeah. yeah, So we needed a theme greater than that. And then came the puns, and really, they took the wheel. That was over. They Things got out of control. Uh, it became a game about drunk ducks, and we just drove that into the ground and then... <laughs> through the mantle of the earth um yeah and it's been one of those things too where once the like theme kind of caught on 
Um, and Caleb and I would sit there and whoever was playtesting with us would sit there and just like kind of a natural duck pun would emerge in the moment. But as we started to test it more and more, and then we started to get on social media and push it to people, we also just started getting a bunch of duck puns sent to us and at us. Oh, yes. Uh, a big part of this game is owed to the RPPR group me's <laughs> obsession with punditry. Well, and, and like, you know, the people on Facebook and Twitter who, you know, we've put out a couple of calls for like, you know, some duck puns about insert random thing. Yeah. And I mean, in, in the course of an hour, had six or seven pages of duck puns in a Google Doc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the theme took hold really hard for us. Um, it's pretty much how we communicate anyways, hence all the awesome so, points. Uh, I do want to bring up one one point that's kind of related. So the Red Markets Kickstarter was launched on May 23rd, 2016. You have the idea for Party Foul May 26th, 2017. You're launching this Kickstarter May uh, 2018. So basically, late May is really a important it's time. It's almost for- as if there's a force in my life which only allows me to live said life two and a half months at a time. Yeah, I don't know what it could be. Though. Uh, it's uh, almost like it occurs roughly. We at should the look same into astrology. Every year. Yeah, it's definitely astrology. I think it's because I'm a Libra. Um, <laughs> but yeah, school gets off at the same time every year, guys. So when I can do game work, mm-hmm. becomes. Roughly the same time of I don't, the year. I yeah. don't think I knew that Red Markets was launched two years to the day before Party Fest. I did not either until Sarah told me. So yeah. that's it's just crazy. I just launch it when I just launch and do stuff when school's out. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, we had the game. We we did a bunch of re- real ghetto prototypes. Just Rough. Uh, yeah, like marker on index card yeah. level prototypes. Uh, some things were kind of clunky, especially near the beginning. We had the plus point, minus point, yep. room pairing thing. We had some scoring issues, and and we also had we, we experimented with the idea of of what we called what we ended up calling bound quactions. So like one of the puns in the game is players don't take actions, they take quactions. You can draw, you can move, or you can play. We had this idea for a while, and actually probably ran this down for a solid two months. Oh yeah, of what if you could only draw, move, and play in that order, mm-hmm. and if you didn't need to do all three of those things then you just wasted some turns we also had this idea for like animosity between rooms yep. like the people on the deck that talk about sports hate the people in the basement that talk about games yeah uh and so like there weren't foul cards there were like play a play a games card on the deck to lose somebody points right and it got really convoluted um but like most games when you just start cutting stuff away from it you're mm-hmm. like oh wow it's actually fun now um and we lessened the rules to the point where it, it we got rid of the rules that weren't strategically interesting yeah us. it is one of the weird things to me so this is like the first real time i've been through um you know the robust process of game design i mean we talk through like game mechanics all the time um but it's just so crazy to me to see how inside your own world you get on this stuff. Because, you know, when we landed on the idea of bound quactions, as we called them, there was like a solid six week where I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. This is the game mechanic that's going to change board gaming. You know what I mean? And then we did one play test without it. and I Which was like, I had to convince you to do. Argue for. Actually, it was Brandy at one point. Yeah. It was just like, this seems dumb. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. And we did one play test without it. I was like, oh my God, this is a much better game. <laughs> I mean, it is funny how inside your own head you get on this stuff yeah and i think part of this process for me has been the idea not the idea that you have to like worry about sacrificing ego or identity but the idea that even when you feel like you've made solid progress you need to be open to experimentation Mm -hmm. past that point your perspective is not necessarily correct that's like it's very easy just to assume that you're right that's right and uh yeah no that that's super common in game design and it's super it's a super hard 
thing to break out of. Well, and, and for me, um, I think one of the things that really helped was coming to the realization that there was no there was no timeline here that wasn't artificially set by us. And so even if I felt like we'd already solidified a thing, there's always time to play it one other way to see if that makes the game better. Yeah. And once I came around to that mm-hmm. and I saw it start to work, you know, you would yeah. suggest like, what if we just tried, you know, a different scoring system? And I was like, eh, okay. I mean, I feel pretty good about this one. And then we were half a game into the next one. I was like, ah, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, that's, this is, that's this game is design. New. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that simultaneous sort of furiousness at yourself yeah. and elation that the game got better. Right. And it sort of equals out. So like, ah, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and into an emotion. So, yeah. Um, so we did that. Uh, one thing that we had in this project that I hadn't had in other projects is that at no point when we came up with this, considering we came up with the mechanics pretty much so instantly, did I think like, well, maybe this will just be a thing and it goes nowhere. Right. Like, which is where I was at for a lot of places, even at red markets at points. Um, I was just like, well, maybe it'll never get off the ground. Uh, but at this point, we knew we wanted to make it a thing from the very beginning. Yeah. So we kind of started looking for art very early. Um, and so we thought about artists we knew. Um, Casey Green, of course, has done a lot of fantastic work for RPPR. Hey-o. And um, I am kind of intimidated by him because he's such an internet legend. So before <laughs> I was thinking about like telling him to like, I made a game about drunk ducks. Would you be interested in it? I did read every webcomic he's ever made before and found that there's a solid two weeks of gun show, which is nothing about drunk ducks yeah it's just about drunk ducks drunk duck beer it's it's perfect so i'm just like you're the one in the email (laughs) the call has been made um and he thankfully said yes so we started cranking out art like three months before metatopia yeah like well before metatopia we 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 mapped the game on may 26th metatopia was in early november yeah we already had uh characters we had some concept designs we had a logo i mean we were like deep in art by the time we went to metatopia so that was our first self-imposed sort of uh deadline was metatopia in november and i've never been before so i thought it was very much like showing off games to other people um, in that like you can acknowledge that it's a prototype and some people will find that fun Mm -hmm. but if it looks too prototypey no one will get to the mechanics they will just focus on it looks like you just made shit in your basement that's because you did oh you have cardstock yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. um so we really pushed to try and get the prototype looking as good as possible for Metatopia. And then we got there and we realized everyone else was like doing shit on index cards. Right. Or they had like a blank sheet of paper. It was like, I had this idea. So I scheduled a play test. Yeah. And uh, there was stuff that was really polished there, but it was also pretty loosey-goosey. They also had just like round tables where it's like, I kind of have an idea for a game. And they're like nothing on paper. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, we over-prepared for this. But I think it was good. It was very good, though, because we got better feedback. That's right. And if we ever, I know we've talked about going back to Metatopia for other game ideas. Like, I would want to go back with the same, if not more, level of polish. Yes, I think you get better feedback. I do, too. I don't regret it. But at the same time, we also ran seven playtests of Party Foul. Yeah. When everyone else was like, I ran three playtests of three separate games. Yeah. And we're like, we ran one game yeah. as frequently as we possibly could to right. get as much feedback about that game as we possibly could. Well, I think um, a lot of, it's very common in game design to not be as sure about something as you guys have been about Party Foul. Definitely. And I think that's why people were bringing like, less complete games yeah. because they were like, is this even worth putting the time and effort right. into? Yeah, and that's not a yeah. bad thing. I, I was yeah. really intrigued by all the playtests we were in. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, it was just it was very interesting. Like my expectations versus the reality of it. And I think there was like, um, and we've talked about this in other other formats and on other podcasts at this point. Like you know the whole anxiety of putting your thing out there and letting people who are your target audience evaluate your thing. There was also something that was a little bit risk free for me because, like you said, we knew we were going to do this. The question yeah. was what what if any changes did yeah. we make because of meaningful yeah. feedback at Metatopia? And so it wasn't a I don't even. I mean, I think you and, and I. That was your first play test with stranger experience yeah. too, yeah. Uh, which you hadn't had. It was people no. you had to like live with and get along with, which right? In many ways, <laughs> right. Isn't real play testing, right? And, and not that those people weren't honest yeah. and, and giving good feedback. It's just like when no one has no association or attachment to you, they're just going to be like, "Oh, that's fucking stupid." That actually brings up a question: Have you guys done any blind play testing where you send out written material to people and like had them try? We the... are going to do that on the print and play, okay? Uh, mainly for the manual document okay yeah um uh, a couple because I, that, that, I mean for that's more common for role-playing games because those are just text yeah uh, and no we're going to use that to tweak the language on the manual document okay. after the kickstarter because there will offered. be a few months in there where yeah. you're waiting for pallets full of games to come back from china if yeah. we if everything goes right and makes right and we can use that time waiting for components and white boxes to get the manual yeah yeah out and together yeah yeah that's what we need that's probably like the one thing that we still need to tweak we have though done enough play tests with strangers that at this point we've explained the game and then backed off from the table and not done anything yes and watched the game operate manually oh, okay. with other people mm-hmm. and we've I've done been, many where we haven't played at all yeah, yeah. or been involved other okay. than explain I mean, the that's game basically and then walk the away. same yeah. right yeah um, and, and that's gone like that's gone surprisingly well, I guess. Um, yeah, it's really a tech writing test now. Yeah. For the manual itself, we we don't need the sort yeah, of board like, game can write, people run it without yeah, us right, thing. Yeah. Board game writing must be yeah a different experience for you, Halo, because even compared to role playing games, there's a uh, the, the yeah the manual brevity. for uh, Party yeah. Foul is 400 pages long. Right. Um, <laughs> it's uh, hardcover. There will be well, a no, you will follow up. Well, novel I mean, that was kind of my point. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that you don't get 400 pages? You get like it's a. Let me guess. It's like a brochure. We've right? quoted eight pages. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. maximum. Right. And that is just because it's going to be a six by six box. So yeah. it's not going to be. It doesn't need to be eight. It's, it's a not, pamphlet. Yeah. It's not a four. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Stapled pamphlet. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So Metatopia was great we pushed ourselves really hard to get um what we felt like was a good prototype and and we got really good feedback not only about the game but also about the quality of the prototype while we were there and but i think of all the feedback we got about the tangible asset um to see people so overwhelmingly taken with the characters and the art that we'd already produced was like oh shit okay i mean it was to the point where people were telling us after the games like i don't know why you feel the need to do anything else just make the rooms and print the thing you know people were were happy with it. They they gravitated towards some of the characters. They embraced making the puns. And then there was very constructive criticism totally. that made the game game better, even better, which was which yeah. was awesome. Um, but there was also some negative criticism, which right. was which was great for your first playtest experience because it did sort of get overwhelmed because you're going to get that either way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I'm to the point where people are still telling me, you know, like, well, don't do this game. Right. Do any other game because mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll take it to like a random game store in Springfield and they'll be like, well. It's just a board game. Right. Mm-hmm. Does the world really need another board game? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like looking around this one of the eight <laughs> stores in our town that sells board games. I'm like, Appar- apparently, yes. Right. Yeah. Like, right. why are we in this building? Yeah. Otherwise? Math checks out on yeah, that. Yeah. And one. so, but it can be very hard to not 
give that negative sort of stuff too much weight. Right. Uh, but Metatopia was a really good ex- first experience for that because the overwhelming people, overwhelming amount of people were very supportive. Yeah, for sure. We had some mixed fix, six fans come out. Super cool. Um, and that was really great. But people then, were bringing red markets and asking you to sign it. Yeah, was that like, was a, it was a it was a weird weekend awesome. for me, man. Uh, it, it was, was also I think it was a good experience for us um, because. After we would have, I mean, we would, you know, we had two days where we ran seven games. I mean, it was a lot of playtesting. We would go get a beer and we would honestly parse what of the feedback we got today, what was meaningful and mm-hmm. what, what should we do with it of the feedback we got today that wasn't meaningful, which is an arbitrary distinction I get in some ways. Um, but one you have to make. That's right. Can we can we just get a little drunker and talk about how absurd all that was? Yeah. And it was nice. You know, it was nice to do. It was yes. like a good way to blow off steam because we got... I was very glad I was not there by myself, oh, yeah. playtesting a game by myself. Yeah. I think I might have the fortitude to do that now, <laughs> but certainly not when I started designing. It would have all ended up in a trash can, and I would have been crying in a corner. It was, yeah, it was cool. We also, I mean, there were a lot of people there who had really great games, and some people who were really great designers. The guys from Flat Out Games, for example, gave us incredibly good feedback. And, Jack uh, from oh, uh, yeah. Post Human Studios. Yeah, yeah, Jack was awesome. I mean, we got... Um, Tim Doyle, who was a Red Markets RPPR guy, showed up, and we just got such good feedback from a lot of people. James Burns, um, people who I think um, like the stuff that we do, really like your stuff and your stuff, Ross, and we're still willing to sit there, and I think because they like what we do, um, and because they're they're just good humans. I like how you frame that. They like what we do, but they're still willing to sit there. (laughs) Well, uh, they're still willing to sit there and be honest with you. You know what I mean? I think it would have been easy to show up and be like, hey, I love Red Markets. Party Foul is fun. And a lot of people did show up and were like, hey, I love Red Markets. This was a fun game. Here are the things I would do differently. And I really appreciated that level of honesty from, yeah. mm-hmm. from almost everyone. Uh, also, I think we really figured out where our, our market niche was there yeah. because, like, we'd play the game and, like, Metatopia is great, but, like, people are playtesting the new 4X game. Right. They're playtesting legacy games. They're playtesting enormous RPGs or, like, really in, interesting indie mechanics. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of work in, like, working your way around it. And we played these games. It was like, no, it was fun. Right. Like, we laughed. Mm-hmm. I haven't laughed in a couple of playtest sessions because yes. I was just trying to parse these so, new so, complex rules. And like, yeah. yeah, we just dicked around with our friends and made puns. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's... That's our market. That's we right. are we are not the new pandemic legacy season three with no, ducks. No, like we we are the opener or the closer for a fun half hour to forty five minutes with your friends, and maybe you drink or maybe you don't. Great like, fun filler. Great, yeah, yeah, great opener. Yeah, um, and 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 that was good to know. You yes. know what I mean? Because I I've never I've never experienced it anything else. One of the things that was interesting to me. The feedback we got after the first playtest we had, which was like the most nerve-wracking hour of my life, um, <laughs> the the feedback we got was like, um, "Hey, when you guys sold us this playtest, you were like, it's a game about, it's a dumb game about drunk ducks." But then we started playing it, and it's like, "Well, it is." But there's also some strategy here, and there's some good interaction, and there's some yeah, like, it's critical not pure random Amero trash. It's right. not a roll and move game, no. which is I think another thing people were expecting. It really is, I think, like a sneaky, smart, light strategy game. And I want to be, I want to emphasize light strategy. There's yeah. strategy involved, and there's some really, you know, significant decision making. But it doesn't take itself. It's seriously. not Twilight Imperium, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or Scythe. Right. Or Scythe. Yeah. And that's been part of the trick, too, in, and I think, you know, Kate, one of the things that we have struggled with is figuring out how to talk about it because we don't want to talk about it in a way that we makes, are in a middle ground. That's right. We, if, you, if you say strategy, it, you expect like you'll be negotiating and backstabbing Feather Lockbeer like a fucking Game of Thrones <laughs> that's right. episode. Yeah. And if you say party game, people expect Cards Against Humanity. And if they're me, right. they have already left. That's right. Um, there so, are good party games. There are, but sure. like, 
not the people we want to we want them to back this game but like not our target audience not the people that are yeah. gonna be like oh i'm very interested with the strategy of like this room control mechanic or yeah. giving you different powers yeah like and we want those people and we also want people that don't mind having a beer right and i think we can appeal to both but i don't think that's a huge market it's it, it's just tough it's, you know it's tough to talk about right like, we don't want to talk ourselves out of the people who are looking for a substantive game because it very much is a substantive game yeah you throw a different skin on it and it's just a strat i mean it's just a light strategy game yeah um Make we, it about war or right, something instead exactly. of drunk ducks. It's, it, it's a zone it. control game. Yeah. There you go. You know, the the other half of that is like not wanting to turn off people who are looking for a fun thirty to forty five minute game to play with their friends for thirty bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, that's one of the things that has been, I would say, a challenge is that because it fits so squarely in the middle of a lot of different Venn diagrams, it, it's very much the marketing problem we had. Which we used to have, we have actions now called freebies that don't cost quactions. Right. That's right. And we were calling those instants. Yeah. And the interference we got with magic crowd people yep. trying to do that in a way that was different than the mechanics of the game, just it became not worth it. Right. Like, it's Can like, you give me an example? Or? Well, yeah. So like, so um, one of the cards, for example, Air Ducks, yeah. allows you to move anywhere in the house, right? Mm-hmm. For free. For free. Um, originally, that card was called an instant. And so uh, because that has some you know pretty steeped nomenclature in the board game community, people would assume, oh, well, I can play that literally whenever, yeah. including not They were on using it not as instants. They were using it as interrupts. Right. Like, I'm going to oh, drop yeah. a foul on you, and like it's not been my turn for two turns, and I play air ducks to him. And we're like, well, you can't do that. Right. Like, what do you mean? It says instant. Right. And like we just couldn't get over that um, nomenclature. It's like when I had uh, the word outfit, on the uh, red market sheets and people were writing like, I don't know, blue jeans, mm-hmm. like a shirt. <laughs> and I had to change that to crew because I was just getting very sad every right. play test. Yeah. Um, it, it's just some words are too weighted before you get there to use. Yeah. So, but it's very much like that. It's like some words in marketing the game were too weighted. And we, uh, we learned that at Metatopia too. We did. Um, then there was the problem of pretty much everything in gaming since gaming is everyone's second job shuts down during the holidays because everybody has their regular jobs and then they have to travel and go see families. And that sort of uh, holiday hangover usually lasts well into January. Um, And so we came up with the idea. We had uh, such good feedback from people um, and we were ready to go. We were ready to get this thing moving right after Metatopia. And like one of the tragedies I think of Metatopia is, is like right after that you hit the holidays right. in which freelancing and getting stuff quoted for print and all that kind of stuff shuts down. Yeah. Grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to get through that, but we really wanted to get towards the end of the year at times that went too long and we were like, man, can we get this done yeah. in time for summer or do we need to sit on it? Um, and thankfully, you pushed to move forward because I was getting real skeptical. Yeah. And was, after the 70 hour work week, I'm right. still pretty skeptical, though I think we'll pull it off. Yeah. It was, uh, now I'm just furious at you. But. It was definitely, oh, yeah. No, I don't tell that. <laughs> I know. When this is all over, we are going to get super hammered. Um, it, it, there was like definitely this thing. You know, for you, I was always worried that this was just the pressure release from Red Markets. And at some point, it was going to click in your head like, it's been fun to think about something else, but oh my God, why do I want to do this again? (laughs) For me, it was like, holy shit, like this is a thing and I think it's got real legs to it and it's working. And so I'm just going to, like, I just want to keep going. Um, And not that I, not that you ever stopped. It's just like, for me, it was, let's just, okay, uh, let's just go. You know what I mean? Let's just keep going. Um, And luckily, I didn't have to argue with you. You were just like, yeah, let's keep going. And and so we kept going. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
the amount of work in particular, you're right. We took, we didn't take a month off. We just did a month where we didn't get as much done as we'd gotten done in the previous four. Yeah, the, that's the problem with game design stuff. You'll slog away at it for months without any tangible benefit. Right. And then you'll have like three books come out at once. Yeah. Or you'll have a ton of stuff that gets turned in yeah. all at the same time. Um, and that could be stressful. But the the second semester, the, the winter and spring, was very much about testing expansions. Right. Uh, so we wanted to have expansions and variable play options ready to go before the Kickstarter launched, uh, even though that makes me sick every time I do it. Mm-hmm. Red Market's taught me that uh, however much you think you need ready before the Kickstarter, it's better if you have more. Yeah. Um, and so we, we play tested the hell out of it with six people, five people with additional rooms. Is that what the with expansion covers? Powers. Yes. Um, so there are two expansions. Okay. There's, uh, there's the Business and Pleasure expansion, which adds the guest bedroom and the home office. And two new conversation suites and another bathroom, uh, bringing up the total to 11 rooms in the yeah. house. It gets to be a pretty substantial game. And a big deck. 11 room yeah. tiles, yeah. Um, add some additional cards to the, to the decks. Yep. Um, and uh, you can have up to six players playing then. Uh, and still, it works pretty dang well. It works really and also, well. you can play the expansion with five people without having to recycle the deck, which you normally do in the base game. Which is really nice. So the base game can sit seat five, but you normally have to recycle. Uh, you don't have to do that with the expansion, and you can seat six. And considering it's a game that like we would like you to play with a drink in hand, right? Yeah, with your friends, it's sort of a light party, right? Um, like I wouldn't mind seeing a college party or something like that with party foul going on in a corner, right? Um, I think the fact that it can seat six people and it still moves pretty quick, right? It doesn't slow down too much because no. you still have three questions and there's a lot of interactivity uh yeah and you're always punning each other and fouling each other and stuff like right. that um i think that's cool and then we also have the ducked up deck which basically just turns it into a drinking game right um so that's not required for the mechanics no. but if you want to have that off to the side and get yeah. a little drunk while you right. play drunk ducks sort of a role play it could be immersive if you decide to like get costume i would like for it to be a whole bunch yeah yeah uh we'll do a larp expansion too, or you have to waddle around. And, I, I would like to. See uh, are you the, uh, telling people to play? get duck fursuits? <laughs> yes. 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 We are, we're, yeah. Uh, so as we did that, we were commissioning more art. Yeah. Uh, more graphic design, um, and talking about marketing, which is something I had never done before. So do you want to talk about that? Because like, yeah. my marketing was make sure you talk about it for four goddamn years before right. you actually put it out. And we did not have that this time. We were going to have to do some other stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, so it was like really important to me that, I mean, I just think there's there's an interesting transition from making a product and making a business. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it was really important to me that we didn't just have a product, but that we had a, we had a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, luckily we know a bunch of cool people outside of the people we were paying to do the layout and the art who are very important. Um, but we wanted to have kind of like a full surround here in, in people to encounter the game, to learn more about the game, to know what was happening with the game. Um, and so we started working with uh, some some people on a really like kind, uh, just like, yeah, I'm happy to help. And some people yes. on a like freelance contract basis. Mm-hmm. We started working with people to build, uh, to design and build like this really wonderful tight little website. Uh, where you can go on and learn more about the game and you can see you know, the teaser video that the Blend guys put together for us. Uh, you can take a quiz to learn more about what duck you would be, you know what I mean, if you mm-hmm. were, were going to play the game. Um, and so Jared Johnson and Chad Spencer were cool enough to like skin that thing together in like three or four days uh, and make it super functional and responsive and then to provide some like follow-up support for us. Um, but it wasn't just I want you to be able to find us on a website. I mean, obviously, uh, Facebook and Twitter, we've been pretty active on both those social media platforms and 
And then, of course, Casey has this massive following, and so we've been asking him to be pretty active as well, driving people to the website. Um, Jessica Spencer has also been super awesome. When we started, to, when we decided we wanted to start going to conventions to really sell the thing, you know, Origins, for example, in June, and then beyond at Gen Con, etc., we wanted to have things that we could give out so that people could experience the game, learn more about the game, or just take something home because it's fun and the art is cool. So um, Jessica Spencer helped us turn the art into stickers, into an expo banner. Uh, that we ha- So we had collateral to hand out. Yeah. Um, and then um, we wanted to make sure that we were doing the advertising bit right because so much of your ability to make money in a crowded Kickstarter field, which is where we are. I mean, there's there's just a you know a glut of of Kickstarter board games. Um, we wanted to make sure we were doing the marketing thing right, and so we started working with Kyle Drennan, who's this like wonderful um, content marketer in the area, and um, you know developing really targeted Facebook ads and making sure we were locked tight on our board game geek ads because all of the math says that those things have a really high rate of return. You know, if you pay any time any time reading the Jamie Stegmeier stuff yeah. about the launch of Scythe, mm-hmm. he will tell you that part of building the hype train is the return on those board game geek ads. So making sure we've got all of the specs right and we know they're running and we know what the impression count is so it really has been not just about building a game um, which is enough work in and of itself over the course of a year because we both work full-time more than full-time sometimes um but also then building a machine around the game so that people can encounter the game on Facebook and Board Game Geek and on social media. And when they encounter the game, they have a place to go, like a website or a Facebook page or the Kickstarter page on May 23rd. And they've got videos. They've got a how-to-play demonstration that you've put together that is just wonderful. They can see the art. They can read about the development of the game. It really has been about building a game universe that people could get into that wasn't just, oh, I'm buying this $30 piece of cardboard. Yeah. Um, there's just so much more. And and honestly, the coordination of all of those people has been like a semi-full-time job over the last couple of months. Yeah. And figuring out when we're running ads and how much they cost and who's working on them. Um, man, it's a, it's a fucking machine you got to put together. That's what's been so refreshing about this time because like – I've used Ross's machine as as well as I can to Hey-o. do promotion stuff, but I think my website for Red Markets was up four months after the game fucking met on Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, I'm not good at this stuff. Right. I can fake my way through it and have, yeah. but you have to fake your way through it. Right. And it's pretty amazing when you have people that know what they're doing right. and, like, um, there are people in the gaming industry that I've met at Gen Con that are always like super nice and I very much like hanging out with them. Yeah. But like you meet people like Shane Ivey or Simon Rogers from Pelgrain and stuff like that. And they're just the nice people and they promote games and you want to hang out with them, but they're not on a ton of the titles. Right. And you're like, well, I wish you would write more. You're really good stuff. And he's like, and then you realize, oh, that's what you're doing. You're the lodestone to this entire thing. <laughs> right. They like you, you pull this out. This just collapses, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, um, wow. Like, cause you just, that back end stuff, yeah. that's what eats you alive. It's still concerning me on about red markets yeah. and this. So it's just so nice to have help with that. Right. And so nice to have uh, someone that knows what they're doing yeah. with that yeah. uh, and coordinate it. But this is the rule for Kickstarters everywhere now. And it was true for red market. And it's definitely true for party foul. That requires money before you go ask Man. for money. Yeah. And so we are at the place where we are before every Kickstarter, which is if this doesn't meet or if this is the day the bubble collapses and we're you're listening to this on Black Wednesday or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm jumping out of the nearest window. <laughs> and it's a first-story house, but that's just the way you got to do it on Black Wednesday. <laughs> so it's not going to be a particularly effective suicide, but, man, 
yeah, I'm all in on party foul. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I put all my money, all my chips on duck. It's um, um yeah. It, it has been a curious thing. Uh, so I'm not going to hide how stressed I am. Like I'm very stressed. <laughs> no, that's not what this is about. We're right. pretty yeah. forthright about things right. here. I have been a little bit pukey every day for like the last month. <laughs> oh, so. and we're eleven this days is out. Your, it gets yeah. way so, better. Yeah, yeah, Caleb and I have both been through right? more than a few Kickstarters. Right. This is your first. This Kickstarter is my first one. I mean, I, where you're the creator. Yeah. Right. I felt I felt a little bit of Caleb's anxiety around red markets because you know we were so close and I was intimately yeah. involved in kind of the run up sure. to and just like oh, being yeah. there. But but yeah, this is also. This is this is our thing, and so I yeah you know the, I want to die some nights about this. Um, but the other curious thing is that you get so wrapped up in all of it. I mean, it is really a flywheel. You well, the know thing is, mean? you get nauseous about it, and you're like, I should just work harder, and then you go right redo the whole page yeah. or yeah do another video or buy another ad. Right, you just work yourself through it <laughs> right. in a constant frenzy until you hit launch. And at some point, I just got blinders on, which is probably. I think that's probably the. And then the, you how stop being an atheist for a month as you pray to whatever <laughs> God will hear you. There are no atheists in Kickstarter no launch months. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, it's things like, you know, um, like at first the idea was exciting to me, and it's like, yeah, I'll throw a couple hundred bucks at like putting together a prototype and going to Metatopia. And then the next thing I know, like this weekend, you know, I'm sitting here. And I'm like, oh yeah, sixteen hundred dollars for ads on Board Game Geek to get all the impressions that we need. Oh okay, God. great. And you just at some point, I just put blinders on about the whole thing, and I just kept telling myself, like, yeah, once you got into this, you got into it. So either you know, the only way out is through. At this point, is how I feel. And so we just <laughs> go are big where or we go are. home. That's right. And so I'm looking at these things, you know, and and yeah. that's the thing. It's not like we're letting freelancers go without pay or saying oh, no. like no money for the work you've done. Right. It's very much like we've paid them. Quite and well. Everything else is just out of your wall. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're well into savings on this Yeah, one. well yeah. into savings. I mean, yeah. you know, not a great idea probably for my life. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, part of that is that's two things. And, and I just want to be really honest. One of that is I think, I hope, I pray, whatever it is, that we'll get, we'll get our return on this. Yeah. The other part is I, like, other if, than if you didn't six, believe it, you right. wouldn't do something that's right. so insanely stupid. Right. The other part is other than the mix six, like, I've not really ever created a thing. Like, I've not made a thing and put it in the world. It's just not what I do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a critic by nature. Well, it is what you do. Right. I'm really good at, at criticizing other people's things. <laughs> really good at it. If you ever want and to get criticized. it's real fun. Yeah. If you want to get criticized. We have a whole Patreon about it. Yeah. At, at me. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so this for me Almost was like... you like, went to school for it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Advanced training in it. Um, this was... It was really important to me once I started to see the legs of this thing. I wanted to, I wanted to make this thing. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see this thing in the world. Yeah. And it, that that is... I can tell myself 11 days out that is arguably more important than getting a return. If at the end of the Kickstarter, though, we haven't gotten a return on all this, maybe I'll feel differently. Yeah. I don't know. See me. Well, like all self-destructive years. actions, That's right. uh, it requires a, a deep faith in yeah. what you're doing. Uh, and we have that for better or for worse. That's right. Uh, but you decide that, listeners. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. May well, 23rd. Well, um, have you figured out? I, 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 I kind of hesitant to bring this topic up, but have you figured shipping out yet? Uh, yes, so we are going to get them uh, yeah, I know you're CCE certified, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, shipping-wise, we are going to ship. We're going to do it like we did last time uh, once the shipping cost came out. So at the very beginning, we're going to get a UK-based distribution service and a US-based distribution service. And we'll split the print run from the printer in China uh, to... The games we need to ship internationally will just go 
to the uh, UK-based distribution service, which will have drastically lower international shipping. Now, I can't promise what that shipping rate will be, and it will still be charged separately through Backerkit, because I don't know what the hell is going to happen between now and then. Uh, but it will be sizably less than if we ship them out of the U.S. Um, and if I get death threats about it, well, they still haven't come for me yet. Bring no. it on. Uh, but, uh, what are they going to do? Buy a ticket to come over yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing they we have is that here. Yeah. <laughs> all of our stretch goals are going to be adding to the game. Yes. Like, so component quality, the same time. they go in the box, yep. they all come out at the same time. There's no going to be separate packages of dice there's not gonna be stickers or t-shirts um so there will be one shipping cost for us in terms of uh dimensions of the box weight of the box because everyone will be getting the exact same thing or discrete additional units of the exact same thing yeah. like two versions 10 copies you know whatever that mm-hmm. is which makes it a lot easier to calculate things because then you just have a single rate for every country, mm-hmm. not a single rate for this package for this country and for this package for this country and for this package yeah. for this country, yeah. which is what we had with uh, red markets, even with just the dice. Um, the dice also were flagged as being made of polonium or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was an international crime to ship them for a month there until I convinced everyone it wasn't. So that was a big deal, and we're not going to deal with that. We're just going to get the game fully CCE tested before it even hits the shelves. So I have learned a lot of lessons from the shipping disaster of Red Markets. That said, shipping is the literal devil. Um, so there will probably be new lessons, and they will be Spencer's problem. Oh, right. that you're, yeah. you're jumping on this grenade. Yeah. Here's what I know. Well, I'm throwing him on it. Right. Yeah. Here's what I know. When Caleb was like, hey, do you want to reach out to the printers? Like, that was the first time in this process I was like, nope, not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yes, I will figure this out. And if I can't, Caleb Caleb and I will figure this out. And so that was a really... It's not like I'm not checking your work or like right. working with you. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you put together a really great, really great um, RTQ document. Yeah. Um, I... You know, translated all of that into the relevant uh, fields of entry that a couple of the printers we reached out to needed. Uh, and it just so happened that, like, the printer that we talked to that was, like, the best that we talked to, and one of the few that got back to me, one of the, o- the only that got back to me, actually, which was kind of frustrating, um, yep, was that's, super, that's printers. Yeah, was super helpful and really responsive. And if I'll they don't want what, more work, they don't respond to your email. That's right. Like, just the fact that they were all over their shit, responded very quickly, and um, you know, it's kind of a nerve wracking thing if you've never been through that process before. So not only was there no pressure here, uh, the printer that I was on the, um, Skype call with Google hangout, whatever the fuck it was. Um, <clears throat> he was like, Oh, you could actually do this and it would drive down the cost a lot. And I know what you thought about doing it this way, but have you thought about doing it this way? Cause it accomplishes the same goal and it's 30% of the cost. And yeah. Like, Holy fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, going through a couple iterations of print quotes, and working with someone on the other end who was genuinely looking out for opportunities to save money was one of the best parts of this experience for me. Yeah, and, and cheaper per unit cost is something you look for in printer. Right. But that's far after communication. That's which right. Which is what you look for in a printer. Yeah. Someone that will respond to you honestly and quickly. Yeah. They're getting the job. Yeah, like, that was it. Yeah. After, so After that Google Hangout, I was like, okay, well, it... it Unless it's $100,000 more to print, we're working with them. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they've been helpful, they've been responsive. But so. here's the thing, it often isn't the case. Because often if they're that quick with communication, they're yeah. just better at their jobs. Right, yeah. Uh, and they can do it at a better cost. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the bulk of the logistical stuff up to now. Um, we got print quotes. 
We we got videos. We got a how-to video that Caleb put together masterfully. Masterfully, we a, a lot of the last couple of weeks in particular have just been about like fit and finish, like polishing, making sure that you know when we start activating those Facebook ads in a few days, and when we start when we launch that board game geek ad on May 23rd to bring people to the Kickstarter page, that all of the stuff we've been working on over the last year, much of which we've already polished and put in a place to be seen or interacted with, is all working together very well. And that really has been the last part of this process is just making sure the universe is done. Oh, yeah. This is infinitely more ready than Red Markets ever was. <laughs> and it's and Red Markets still was out three months early. Right, so, right. Um, there, there's that. Uh, so, yeah, we're good to go. About the only thing we don't have ready to go now is that we haven't commissioned art for stretch goals we don't know if we're going to print yet. Right. We've completely playtested those stretch goals yep. dozens and dozens of times. We know the deck composition. We know how many cards are going to be on there. So how many pieces we know how that's going to yep. affect our print run in terms of costs. We have an agreement in place to do the stretch goal art. We just With haven't the printer, paid for it. We just haven't paid for the art right. yet because why would I make KC draw all those pretty pictures right. and then we don't make that stretch goal. Yeah. yeah. So um, that and if you've ever worked with KC Green... If we assign him 400 more pictures to draw, that's two weeks, maybe, because damn, he works It's staggeringly fast. And I'm saying that as a person who works with a lot of artists right. at this point yeah. uh, and a lot of really talented, great professional artists for red markets, but fuck me, that guy can draw. He is draw. very prolific. And it's very crazy. <laughs> and actually, it's been so, um, for a long time, Caleb and I, we talk about the need to work with people. We, we talk about them as Nopes. Um, Leslie Nopes from Parks and Rec. Yes. Um, Hyper-organized. Yeah, super fastidious. Super type A. Want to yeah. get their shit done. Uh, and so, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that, like, Nopes have to work with Nopes. And I have been so stunned at, at and I think part of it is vetting and part of it is knowing good people. But, like, We've just we've encountered and worked with so worked with so many nopes on this project, and Casey is at the top of the list. I oh mean, yeah, and uh, Cogswell, he's Simeon. done a ton. Simeon from he's uh, been incredible. Ton of stuff with Arc Dream. Yeah, just for like we need this. I know you've never played this game before. I know we've never shown it to you before. I'll write it out in an email. Yeah. Done in a weekend. Yeah, just staggering levels of like competency. Yeah. So we've been really lucky and blessed on that end. Yeah, there has definitely been, and and part of our part of our approach, this whole pro- one of the reasons I think we were able to to bring this thing from kitchen table to really finished, complete universe and product in less than a year is working with a bunch of fucking professionals. Yeah, like people who take this very seriously as their craft: the marketing, the web design, the web development, the art, the layout. It's just been. This is the way. If if we did another one of these things, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back to you know any like hey I know you would you be willing to it would be like hey I know you would you be willing to and here are the expectations and if that means you need to get paid then let's make this work you know what I mean and uh, one thing regardless of how this ends up it's giving me a, a better appreciation of board games in general yeah because I I've, I always knew what went into like an RPG especially when I got into red markets but. Um, doing this board game, it's it's not a simple board game, and it, it like I said, it's got some pretty interesting strategic choices yeah. and some deeper mechanics and some variable modes of play, and we've play tested the shit out of that. But like even looking at something simple like the game or the mind or something where the cards are just numbers, yep. and you have to work on the mechanics, it's still just staggering the amount of work people have to put in just to get it into the world. Yeah. Like so, I've got a, I've got an even greater appreciation for like even those so called party games, right? Uh, uh, a staggering how did they do that appreciation for like scythe oh my god and like more complex games like that like mm-hmm. like 
I'd love to do one of those one day, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I have that many years left in my life. Um, I actually have an idea for one. I'll, t- I'll tell you about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Looking forward to it. Uh, just do uh, a couple thousand hours of work on yourself and right. then show it to me. Holler. Whoa. I'll, whoa, whoa. I'll look. Uh, I'm a little busy right now. But with Caleb, my you're game. my nope. Like, yeah, I need yeah, to work with you. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> the reason we want to work with other nopes. All right. Here's the, uh, here's the one um, duck in the room, right? Yeah. So, like, so far we've described a pretty seamless process. I mean, a little hiccups here and there that's natural but like nothing major and then oh yeah and then fuck um <laughs> this is my shipping disaster yeah but it came before the it Kickstarter. came before the, the thing i'm like why did i ever do this yeah i need to move and change my name so um i'll go on the run with ken whitman oh the yeah, people yeah. trying to murder me <laughs> so when we were at metatopia one of the things that i wanted to do because i i was very new to all of this was attend a lot of fucking panels like i just yeah. wanted to learn from people who have been doing this a long time obviously i know a lot about it because i hang out with you guys but i wanted to hear from other people specifically who had done board games um, one of the panels I went to was on legal issues in game design. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, this like really you know really tight little wonderful presentation was like, hey, don't forget to check all this stuff. And one of the things was trademarks. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so we're at Metatopia in November. I'm like, yeah, we should definitely trademark the fucking thing. Uh, and you're like, yeah, we should. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take care of it. Let's keep going, and I'll get it figured out. And I was like, yeah, you should, just because you seemed really adamant about right, it, yeah. and you were going to do it, yeah. because I come from the RPG space, I'm like, no, no one gives a shit. Right. Like, no one gives a shit about your idea. Well, you also can't trademark, like, books like that. Yeah, way, right? yeah, yeah, but, like, I was like, yeah, but, I mean, it wouldn't hurt anything, so go right. ahead and do that. So, uh, we get back, you know, Caleb's right, everything grinds to a halt for about a month, and so... The thing, a couple things fall off my radar, and that's one of them because, mm-hmm. like, my radar is like, hey, let's get moving again. We've got to play test this stuff. We need to get some art figured out and some layout issues. And so then we are just like, it's April. We are. I feel like we're we're in the home stretch, and I don't mean like home free home. I mean like I can see this like mountain that we just have to jump over. Like the art's done. That's right. It's placed on cards. That's right. Like, we just got. We got to get. I there. could have a really good looking version of Party Foul in my house by myself that I printed at Kinkos. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, I should fucking revisit that trademarking thing. So it's like the first week in April. Um, and I talked to a, a, an acquaintance of mine who is a, is an IP attorney. That's his trade. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, call this guy about trademarks. He's really great. So I call that guy. Um, and I'm like, hey, uh, uh, we want to trademark this. And I send him the logo and the mark and all that stuff. And I said, you know, I'll be free for I'll, I'll be free later today. So just, you know, do whatever background work you need to do and then get me on a phone and we can talk about paperwork and I'll sign anything electronically that I can. And I am in a work meeting um, because, again, we're doing this all we're doing all of this in the cracks between actual work, yeah. you know, of an evening or in the middle of the day, like on lunch. And I'm in a work meeting and I have my computer up and I get an email back from the guy and he says, oh, man, um, hey, happy to help you with this. But it looks like Party Foul the Game is a no go because 18 days ago, someone filed a provisional trademark for Party Foul, F-O-U-L, colon the game, and ours is Party Foul, F-O-W-L, I, it the was game. F-O-U-L, the party game for everyone. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my heart just, like, stopped. Like, I just picked my computer up and walked out of said work meeting, no explanation, and instantly got on the phone with this guy. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Because we checked so many times. I mean, we were pretty diligent there at the beginning to make sure that legally we were in the clear on some of this stuff. And hot damn, 18 days and so I, I messaged you and group me, which is how we communicate during the day, uh, because, again, we're doing other stuff. 
and there was just this like panic that set in. And I think both of us were trying to do that thing where we were like simultaneously burning everything down around us, but also trying to assure each other, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I was arguing with you. I'm like, well, it's a homophone, right? We have ducks, right? That game has nothing to do with ducks, right? Ours, a game is about partying. Yeah. That one is a party game for parties, right? Uh, and it's just a theming issue, so we're fine. And, and you keep on telling me, and the lawyer keeps right. telling us, no, homophones right. are trademarkable. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all over. And I'm like, well, look, all we have to do is change all of the most important art, throw all of the <laughs> merchandise and advertisement away that we've created so far, burn literally thousands of dollars and right. stickers and cards and T-shirts that we're currently wearing. And, right. um, and uh, then we can do that while we get the game ready to go in the next mm-hmm. few months. And so that was a rough couple of weeks. Uh, it, was, it was a 10-day window. I, I drank a lot, and it wasn't to review beers, yeah. I'll tell you that much. Here, here's a couple things that we did in that period in case you ever find yourself in the situation. <laughs> the first thing that we did was cry um, <laughs> and scream a little bit. The second thing that we did is we instantly start... Well, I reached out to like my father in law is an attorney. I called him. I was like, is this the appropriate reading of trademark law mm. written in stone? He was like, oh, absolutely. You won't get a trademark. And I was like, motherfucker, why couldn't you lie to me? Um, <laughs> and so um, we instantly start going through a bunch of iterations of, okay, what if, what if we just kept the whole thing and we called it ducked up? Right. I mean, because like that was going to be the name of the expansion yeah. and it's still on brand or drunk as duck. Right. Or I mean, anything we, else. so we start like running through a, ver- a variety of name drunk iterations. Drunk as duck is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had options. It's, it's fine. I, I'm not married to the name other than the fact that I've invested thousands of dollars. In right. It. Yeah. Other than the fact that I'm going to set a big bonfire of all the stuff that's it's going to, we're going to have to fill a landfill. Right. We're going to have to go where they buried those ET Atari games and dump all our party foul merch. Other was, than that, yeah, like yeah. that was the trick. It's yeah. like I kept telling I kept telling myself I'm like you know externally there's not a lot of equity in the name. There's equity in Caleb and in us in the mix six and, and us the saying the wrong TC. name for years as we promote right. And then <laughs> a I, year a yeah. year right. And yeah. I was like, look, we can recover from this because the the bulk of the equity in the name is stuff that we've paid for, but I don't think it's going to break us. And so we finally came around to, okay, let's change the name. And at the 11th hour, um, because here's the thing, when someone files a trademark, their name and address is associated with that trademark. And so we knew who had filed the trademark uh, and where he lived, um, or at least the address that he put down for the trademark filing. And mm-hmm. so I asked that that attorney who'd given us the advice, you know, that like you're never going to get a trademark on this. And we went through every iteration of, okay, what if we do this and he sends us a cease and desist? Or what if we do this and he's like, no, you're not winning and, this And shit. very early in the process, I said, what if he just doesn't care? Right, right. Because like, I know I really probably would not care. Right. Unless it was the exact same game with the exact same art. Yeah. And we're not even anywhere close to that. Right. What if he doesn't care? And the trademark guy was like, oh, no, he absolutely will care. Right. There's no possible way it will happen. Yeah. Uh, and and so, I wasn't willing to coin flip on not knowing if he would care or not. Yeah. Because, like, that's, you know, that's risky, too. So at the 11th hour, we're getting ready to change the name. We're talking to Casey about a, a changing the logo. I mean, at the 11th hour, you're like, look, if we're going to change the name, why don't we just write the guy a letter and ask him? And trademark attorney was like, don't do that, because then then you'll be on his radar. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we're going to be on his radar for a game that won't exist if he says no, because I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're going to change the name anyways. And it's of all of the great things you've done with me, for me, as a human in the f- 14 years we've known each other, just being obstinate that we should write that gentleman a letter and see what he said is the greatest thing you've ever done. So yeah. we're at Moon City Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You wrote him a letter. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. you wrote him a letter, like, fucking FedEx it to him overnight or some shit on on a Thursday or a Friday. We're sitting at Moon City Con on a Saturday. I'm playing in a game of Scythe. And you'd included your email address just in case you wanted to respond to us. Mm-hmm. And I turn around to look at our booth, and Caleb is literally running towards me. I have seen Caleb Stokes run precisely zero times <laughs> in the previous 14 years. <laughs> Caleb Stokes is running at me, phone in hand, just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, holding his phone out. And so I just start reading it. And that guy emailed us the day he got the letter, I think. Yeah. And was like, oh, yeah, I don't see a fucking problem with this. That's cool. Yeah, go ahead. I'll even sign something if you want me to. And you and I just started jumping up and down. Because gaming's full of cool people. That's right. Like, it's it's not a cutthroat industry. That's there right. There are assholes, and they are extremely rare. The majority of people... <laughs> That's what the lawyer didn't understand. Yeah, right. yeah. The, <laughs> the majority of people just like games, and they want to make games. And he was very cool about it. Super cool. So, uh, Neil... Uh, is great. He's going to be on Kickstarter soon. Yeah. If you got some, if you like to back a game about partying, maybe mm-hmm. you, li- you would like to back a game to play at a party, at an actual party, and that's going to be Party Foul with a U, right? Not about ducks. The party <laughs> game for everyone. Uh, whereas our is the game of drunk ducks. Right. So uh, Neil was great. Uh, he's a super nice guy. And here's the crazy thing about it: Neil moved the next week. Right. Had we waited one more day to send that letter yeah. or had I not overnighted it, right. it would have arrived at a dead address. And we never would have known. We would have changed the name. Yeah, we would have changed the name. Yeah. Uh, probably not launched in time because yeah. God knows we're by the skin of our teeth it, right now. It was literally, it was it was so like down to the wire on timing and, and how much it was going to affect our ability to get the game out when we wanted to get the game out, which was the end of, no later than the end of May, that we had ordered 400 party foul stickers for Moon City Con. Mm-hmm. And we we did not put them in the Moon City Con swag bags because we didn't know if we'd be able to call it that. Yeah, we found out the day the first day of Moon City Con that we could. Yeah, my wife went home, got the stickers, mm-hmm. brought them to Moon City Con, and we started handing them out to people. Yeah, like I mean that's literally how tight the timeline was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, so that that was the thing, right? I mean, we well that's been the thing so far. I mean, you know, we've got eleven yeah, days. Yeah, I left. think I think what I've learned from that lesson, aside from the importance of trademarking. Uh, is the fact that um, I think every time I do this, I'm going to learn some lesson, like you learn lessons from a kung fu master in a kung fu movie, in that it will be extremely painful. <laughs> but if you survive it, right, you're going to know not to do that again. That's like right. <laughs> it is very much like experience is a teacher, like Pi May. Like yeah. it's going to laugh yeah. and harm you and cause exquisite levels of pain. Yeah. But if it doesn't kill you. You'll be ready for that one next time. Like, and I, I think that's for every project, no matter how many times you do that. That's we have my talked, suspicion of this. We have so. talked about a couple of other games that exist in the Party Foul universe. We've <laughs> talked about other games that are rye games about animals in mm. odd settings. Yeah. And if we decide to move forward with any of those in the future, the first thing we're going to do <laughs> is trademark the yeah. fucking thing. Uh, yeah. But then something else weird right. will yeah, happen. That's right. And it'll be a new yes. teachable moment. <laughs> so we've uh, made it which through. Which is what teachers call terrible things right. that happen. That's yeah. right. We've made it through. Uh, here we are. We're recording um, 11 days out from launch. You're probably hearing this on or near launch day. So if you've not already been to the Kickstarter page to back, we would love it if you would. Um, there's also some really cool shit on there. And, and, you know, this is kind of like, for me, the appendix to all this, which is, and not only are we launching a cool game, but because we've been working with cool people like Casey, you know, he's agreed, for example, to do 
a literal fuck ton of black and white sketches for backers of a certain level. Which, you want Casey Green, right? Internet legend, right? Man of this is fine, dog himself to draw you as a and duck. Dick Butt. Don't forget Dick and butt. Dick Butt. Right? Yeah. To, to draw you as a duck, you can hang that on your wall. You could sell that when you're yeah old you at an auction house. You, you could. could consume it for yeah. nutrients. Right. Do an Andy Kaufman. Yeah, whatever I, you need to do. He probably would do that. So, you know, we've, we've, we've been able to surround the product now with like a bunch of other cool stuff too. And so I am cautiously overly optimistic is where I feel right now that we're at least going to get to a number that you and I have both agreed is the number we get to, we need to get to to not just want to like burn it all down. Yeah. I think we can do that. Mm-hmm. If we don't. We will record another one of these yeah, where I but, talk about. But the much. financial bullet is <laughs> oh, in the chamber. Right. We have spun the cylinder. It is what it is. And the barrels to our temple. That's right. Uh, We're going to find out. So uh, go pull the trigger for yeah. us at Party Foul <laughs> on Kickstarter, May 23rd. <laughs> uh, so yeah, when we'll, we'll be back, we'll have some duck shout outs and a uh, Party Foul anecdote or two. And I'm sure I've by this time I found some really great duck theme music uh, that is copy Creative Commons licensed. Uh, so uh, it will not be vaporwave or synthwave. Just so you know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> duck wave. Uh, duck wave. Ooh, hottest new wave. Uh, so <laughs> the. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for we, uh, every episode we have shout outs. So, uh, I thought I would, uh, uh, start out with, uh, but we're going to do duck theme shout outs, you know, to, yeah. to celebrate party foul. Uh, I want to start out by mentioning the new DuckTales cartoon, which I have not watched a full episode of, but I've watched a lot of clips of, uh, David Tennant is, un- uh, what? Uncle Mul- Doug uh, McScrooge. Yeah. Doug McScrooge. Is he really? Yeah. Is it on something that it's I can on watch? Disney? Isn't it Scrooge what? McDuck? Scrooge yep, McDuck. Yeah. You. Sorry. Yep. Um, uh-huh. I'm doing this thing where I switch people names around. Don't you know Stokes Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they call him yeah, Uncle Scrooge. I feel but, like yeah. I'm always taking a standardized test now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's got great animation. Uh, it's yeah, really it looks funny. Awesome. Um, and, yeah, David Tennant. So, uh, Fuck. doing a Scotch accent. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of my favorite fictional ducks. Uh, what about you? Old school shout out here. Uh, one of my favorite cartoons growing up, Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, just a balling ass cartoon, people. Yeah. Like superhero, yes. Super clunky, absolutely. Uh, made a lot of like weird jokes, 100%. Great cast of characters. What a nice way to expand on a duck themed cartoon universe. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as you know, I've done at least four years of research, much like Red Markets, <laughs> to prepare for the theme of Party Fell. And I would have to say, of the, uh, you know, just reams of duck literature I've read, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to have to be Howard the Duck is probably closest to our aesthetic. He's sort of off-puttingly adult. He has the similar drinking problems as our ducks do. So, uh, Comics or movie? uh, Definitely the movie. It was was seminal in my upbringing. (laughs) Yes. We watched Howard the Duck a lot. Really? Yeah. Weekly in my household for a while. Really? Really into Howard the Duck. Uh, Let me say this, that the single most exciting thing to happen in the MCU for me is when Howard the Duck shows up in a post credit. <laughs> I was screaming in the theater. <laughs> yeah, it was it one is, of the greatest moments of my life. That's Guardians, wasn't it? You know, yeah. he's yeah. he's uh, made a comeback in the comics too. There have actually been a bunch of comics in the last uh, couple. That of doesn't years, surprise me. He never should have gone away. Well, yeah. you know, the agony of influence. I didn't want to be too influenced by Howard, so 
so yeah, I refrained yeah. from reading them oh, until after the project. Yeah, you don't want to I be- wanted to remain pure, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of wondering who would... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know both of you were super into Howard the Duck. Super into Howard the Duck. Um, interesting. Uh, and also, I mean, ducks aren't just in movies, though, and TV shows. It's true. Also, they're not- yeah, yeah. They're in they're video real? games, too. Definitely true. Uh, now, my favorite duck-themed video game is actually a duck game, uh, which is put out by Adult Swim. Uh, and it's a multiplayer game of you're a duck and you're put in this battleground. It's sort of an 8-bit kind of, or 16-bit kind of graphic aesthetic, mm-hmm. side-scrolling mm-hmm. platforming. And there's just random weapons all about, and you just, like, shoot other the ducks. The quack button yeah. is the greatest video game controls. Yeah, there is a button seen. for quacking. It does really? nothing except quack? make you quack. I've yeah. never played it, obviously, because... And most there. people end up dying because they're not quack. shooting. Right. They're yeah. just <laughs> bashing the quack button because it makes a really funny I mean it's sound. not just rock grenade launchers and shotguns there's also like uh there's like a musket that you have to reload painfully slowly oh, uh there's a lot of comedy weapons in there it's a great game I it's don't think great. that you can mention duck video games though without I mean duck hunt well, well it's the, uh, yeah. it's the original. It um, is the original. It's also, I mean, I look back. There might on, be an Atari game, but you, 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 I don't give a <laughs> shit. Uh, I look back on the use of the the controller for Duck Hunt as like one of the most innovative, the zapper. Yes, one of the most innovative things in the history of things. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it? Absolutely, it is. <laughs> not, not 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 the power glove. When Ray Kurzweil stands head bodiless uh, <laughs> as as uh, a a science, cloud of sentient nano machines. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, he will plot for you the he actually already has in the singularity is near in the age of spiritual machines the the development of technology in which he claims duck hunt is the beginning of the singularity he points yeah. to the zapper are you shitting me absolutely I am yes. okay I, I was know. I was like at one hundred did you believe him yes I I can't tell with Spencer I didn't I didn't you heard you, yeah uh-huh. I always thought you could kind of like like how are the duck like how I'm gonna recommend a YouTube video I desperately wanted to use in our trailer it's baby duck chases man. Man, and it does what it says on the tin. It's a baby duck that is just assaulting this man as he sort of like horror movie found footage runs away from it while focusing on the duck. And th- that duck ain't fucking scared. Yeah. He's getting after it. Uh, it's definitely a belligerent. That duck has been drinking, and it's very clear. <laughs> He's just left uh, the party. Yeah. Uh, so I really wanted to use that, but it is not Creative Commons. So yeah. the, uh, we the amount not. of duck footage that we've looked at in this process is <laughs> staggering. Yes. Uh, what, what's also funny too is that when I talk to um, uh, uh, Joe and Brandon at Blend about doing the trailer video for us, mm-hmm. um, they were like. So I sent them an email description of what we were looking for before we got on the phone. And then we got on the phone. They're like, so wait a minute. Are you looking for like reefer madness, but about ducks? Yes. And I was like, oh, you got it. Yeah. yeah you know, we're that's cool. It. That's and, definitely it. And, uh, <laughs> and I thought their interpretation of it was fucking great. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like 80s hair metal, which is very in line with the logo that Casey did for us, you mm-hmm. know, out of thin air months ago. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the first 10 seconds of it is just fucking, you know, duck footage <laughs> because that's where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's you're in that's, a duck part of your life. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, finally, two last fictional ducks. I do want to give a shout out to uh, one. I know you don't like, but one, I'm curious about what your opinion is. The first one is of course the Affleck duck. Uh, Cause no. Okay. Uh, no to that. <laughs> uh, it, uh, that whole, the whole gimmick there is that uh, someone found, uh, a fig- an avatar for Gilbert Gottfried's voice. Yeah. And then they were like, well, let's just do that for the next 27 years. Gilbert so- God. I start hearing Gilbert Gottfried's voice coming out of other animals and objects <laughs> yeah. is to me the beginning of a horror film. That's right. 
That's right. That's exactly right. Like uh, so that's uh, like that's like drag me to hell. Like yeah. oh, I ran over that witch and right. she cursed me, and now everything I hear is Gilbert Godfrey. Like, okay. The, the creepiest yeah. scene in either it would not stand up to a duck walking down your hallway talking like Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. All right. That uh, is the first horse so, of the speaking of horror, Count Duckula. Uh, okay. All right. That's what I do there. I go. Yeah. I like how Duck. I yeah. thought he was very good. That's a thing. Yeah. All right. We haven't mentioned like class. I mean, like Daffy and Donald. I mean, well, I mean, that we part mentioned the universe that they're in, you know. Duck well, in as much as we've talked about ducks yeah. and cartoons. I yeah. mean, Daffy was real drunk. Yeah. Sailor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Constantly. On oh, them. definitely. Yeah. Constantly on a bender. Oh, who is the better duck? Donald or Daffy? Ooh. Um, man. I'm going to go with Taffy because he parties. Also, (laughs) served the U.S. in the Great War. So he's also a hero. I think you've made a good argument. I just think that, like... um, (laughs) No, no, that's Donald, Donald. Yeah, Yeah. Donald, Donald's a sailor. Right. I'm going to go with Donald. I am actually... I'm pro, pro, like, Daffy Duck. I mean, I think that... That's like golden age. He does have attitude. Here. He is right. the Vegeta of the Warner Brothers cartoon universe. He My tries harder God. than Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny just is always right. better. So you've compared <laughs> Dragon Ball Z as sort of like a cultural antecedent to no, I I, I just uh, I, I'm trying to, to I'm trying Warner, to relate it to well his, today's. history's dead. Try, okay, history's to. dead. <laughs> we've yeah. learned now. <laughs> Uh, I think my my the- personal theory is that uh, the relationship of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck uh, is what inspired the Dragon Ball Z, uh, Goku and Vegeta uh, rivalry. That's I would read that pop science paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I want to be honest with everybody. I wouldn't. Um, but, but I do agree that how is would your you how would you do citation in that one? Would you go for you know MLA Chicago? Definitely Chicago. That feels like MLA. MLA feels like Chicago thing. It feels it feels real out of left field. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think those, so. Those are some uh, fictional ducks to to to, to look at. Uh, if you're you know a little survey of the field uh, before we introduce the the cast of party party foul. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, so finally, anecdotes. Uh, you guys have mentioned that you've had some interesting playtests of the game. Yeah. So um, like everybody's said multiple times, I'd not done any of the like playtesting with strangers before. Hadn't really even done a con. Um, and Metatopia is really more like a conference, not a con. I I understand that distinction. It's pretty small. Yeah. And and it's very I mean it's very interactive you know learning and testing heavy which is great um, Caleb and I have mentioned that we did seven play tests of party foul in two days at Metatopia is that mm-hmm. each or all together all together so um, you like you did three he did four uh, well one of them we kind of tag teamed uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was not scheduled we were just like cobbling people together because mm-hmm. we're, we're our, our philosophy was we're here let's play the shit out of it so yeah. we can learn as much as possible um, and so it is literally the last scheduled playtest block of Metatopia. Two straight days of either running games of Party Foul or playing in other people's games, which sounds like a great day, but it's also fucking exhausting because from yeah. 9 to 10.30 or 11, you know, that that 14 hours, all you're doing is playing board games or teaching board games. Um, this game starts at 10 p.m., the last night of Metatopia. It is our seventh playtest of Party Foul. They've all gone swimmingly. I mean, we, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended, yeah. Yeah, we are over the moon. Um, everything's been great. It's 10 p.m. Everybody's really tired. Like, not just me and Caleb. Everybody in the room is fucking tired. And um, we start a playtest, and people kind of trickle into the table, and you just know some... You can feel in your gut sometimes, like, this is not going to go your way, man. <laughs> it was a real crew. Um, and so, you know, the best way I can sum it up is one dude brought... This is how not giving a fuck everybody was at this point. One dude brought a bottle of rum to the table. 
just <laughs> sat down with it. And I'm like trying to play and it's along. half gone. Right. Like they were real, real not sober. I'm trying to play along like, hey, well, it's a party game about drinking and ducks. And I think that was. I got to have that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was like unnecessary fuel for the fire. Not that he needed any more. <laughs> um, and so what it ended up, what ended up happening is there were four people sitting at the table playing. Um, we got some of the best feedback I think we got all weekend from one of those people. Yeah. Um, like really meaningful trying to play the game. Yeah. Somebody else who was there and was enjoying it, but but could not overcome what was happening on the other side of Despite the table. Despite her best efforts. That's right. Which was these two humans, who I'm sure are wonderful people maybe, um, <laughs> who were very drunk and very tired. Um, yeah. Because again, a couple long days, just... I mean, not paying attention, doing um, the most suboptimal things that anyone could do to prove a point or to be an asshole. I'm not totally sure. I, I haven't been able to net out on that while taking more shots of rum while they're playing. And it was the most painstaking hour and a half of my life. At one point in the middle, um, one of these two people owns an independent production company for games and makes quite a few games. And... Um, he said actions, and one of the things... That, I had stopped giving a fuck at this point. That's right. And was just being antagonistic. Yeah, because it was going really poorly. So, I mean, I said, I hate to stop you there, but I think what you meant to say <laughs> was quactions. <laughs> and that at which point well. he says my favorite line I've ever heard yeah. in any playtest, I was going to buy this game from you and publish it until you said that. Yep. At which point we had to spend the next... 45 minutes yep. pretending we weren't laughing our ass up mm-hmm. inside, mm-hmm. It was <laughs> which was one of the, it's one of the like, oh no, I fucked up with Gordon Gecko of the gaming industry. Uh, Jeff Bezos isn't going to carry us now because yeah. he's stumbled into Metatopia. La di da. It was like, you know, the, you know, the scene at the beginning of Willy Wonka where there's the four bickering old people that for some reason share a bed. Mm-hmm. Imagine you just sat down in the middle of them while they were having an argument and tried to show them a duck game. And that is very much what the play test was like. <laughs> it was that uncomfortably close. It, there, it, were there, it was very weird. It was a very bizarre experience. And then, and then to top it off, he decided that he needed to give us excess feedback after the game ended. <laughs> so Caleb and I were already, I mean, just side eyeing each so other he the was whole time. Very drunk, very <laughs> drunk, yeah. and and just not awesome at this point. Um, and and felt offended by you know Caleb appropriately reminding him that we have we have a vocabulary around here, sir. Um, <laughs> and. The feedback we got from him was some of the most mind-numbing feedback in the history of the world, not the least of which was, you should get a different artist. Yeah, he told us to fire KC. Yeah. And, said, <laughs> and I'm like, he's pretty good, man. I yeah. like him. It's like, yeah, he doesn't have a name, though. I'm like, he's he does. one of the most popular internet artists on earth. Yeah. He has 40,000 Twitter followers. Like, yeah. uh, I'm a, I am a nothing compared to him. Yeah. On you any should get Mobius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex Ross should do the art for this duck game. Right. Hand-painted watercolors. That's the thing, though. Like, he even started showing us examples of other artists we could use, and some of it was, like, watercolor, muscled-out characters from other games, and I'm like, motherfucker, what game have you been playing? Yeah, it's like Van Art Duck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Um, so that was that was a literal nightmare. Um, <laughs> it, it was so bad that uh, for it, two people with social anxiety, right? For whom a play test, even when it goes absolutely great, right, is still an ordeal that you need to recover from. We walked back to the hotel room and spent the rest of the evening not not celebrating all of the other great feedback we were taught we got or like talking about next steps. We spent the rest of the evening talking about how that was objectively the worst play critiquing the play test. Yeah, I think I think we were two blocks away before we said a word though oh i'm pretty sure we just like knocked all the shit into a bag yeah. and walked out and just like silently Time patrolled the streets of you New got Jersey to process it for yeah. a while before we're like so that was fucking terrible right yeah. you're like yeah yeah it really was it was it was also <laughs> a really important moment for me because like i hadn't done a bunch of this and caleb had has been through years of this with red markets and other games and so at one point in the hotel room he says to me no joke, that's the worst play test I've ever been through with anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. Well, I'm glad that of the four I've done with you, in seven years of game design, yeah. I could miraculously find the bottom of the barrel. Well, also, like, the thing, I think it's useful in its own way, though, yeah. because you were still new to the whole thing. Right. Uh, you were a little intimidated by some people play testing yeah. it, and you were like, is it going too good? Right. And, like, when you got feedback, you're like, oh, man, are they just being too nice and the feedback's too bad? I'm right. like, man, people... Nice playtesters is not something you should always expect. You're really rolling the dice every time. And, like, sometimes you're going to get negative criticism that you just have to throw away because right. it's not authentic. Yeah. And, like, you were just like, I don't know. I'm not yeah. really. And you were sort of on the fence about it. And yeah. then there was that one. Like, oh. And it was like, oh, that. And you're like, that's what you're talking about. I'm yeah. like, yes, playtests like that. Right. You just need to fi- find a trash bin for, like, that was, that was for me an hour and a half long version of the playtest note I got for Red Markets was the theme and the mechanics are... <laughs> and that was the only feedback I got. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. what do I do with that yeah. now? And yeah. it was just that for an hour and a half of loud, drunken right. screaming. It yeah. was also, <laughs> you know, you lose the force for the trees sometimes because some shit is so ridiculous. And luckily, you're right. That cleared up any ambiguity I had around like, are, what what play test goes in what buckets? Or you know, what yeah, was feedback? that too negative and unreasonable? Right. No, that was super constructive. Yeah. Thank you for saying that earlier, person. Right. I found negative and unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're not that. Well, I'll at least listen for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was also it was after every play test we had, someone at the table said they would buy the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right now, like, oh yeah, I'd play this, I'd buy this. And that, we got great feedback from one guy and he was like, oh, I would buy this tomorrow. And I'm like, fuck yes. And then it all got lost on me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just smothered in, in <laughs> asshole, pretty much. Um, so, uh, all that to say, largely been a dream process. Some bumps in the road, not the least of which were the drunkest guy in the room, <laughs> trying to tell you that your Casey Green illustrated <laughs> duck game uh, was not good enough for... It needs for, more rippling ass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for Them his, duck ladies need to show off more cleavage. Oh like, yeah, it was it was that level of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... That's pretty much it. Yeah. Other than that, it's been... Uh, yeah, we can't great. top that anecdote. No. Well, why would you want to? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, this has been RPPR episode 154, Party Foul. Uh, please check it out on uh, Kickstarter. We will have the link in the show notes. And, uh, yeah. Thank uh, you for all your support. Yeah, yeah. We really appreciate it. Even just listening. Listening and backing, though, even better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys next time. The Duck Calls. And swaggers with a silly grin, quack, quack. He tells again to come again tonight. We'll have fun and dance a samba, the samba, the samba. The big goose. 
decide they'd like to come along Quack, quack To join the party with the song tonight Let's have fun and join the chorus Won't you come have some fun Then when the sun goes down Instruments abound What a lively sound Kuchiku chiku no fupa The duck is singing happily a little off key The gander moving tail feathers to the strong beat I like the part when they all join together in unison Belting out the new song Quack, 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 quack Quen, 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 quen. 